Yo, what is going on, everyone? My name is Nick, or The Notorious Fantasy, and in today's video, we are going to be breaking down all of the games from Sunday's NFL games, talking about how they relate to fantasy football. In my opinion, of all the players inside of the game that are fantasy relevant, maybe we're talking about guys who maybe I think you should pick up. There will be a waiver wire video as well tomorrow, but just some quick earlier thoughts before I get really get into it and dive in to figure out who I want to pick up on the waiver. Just talking about guys who I feel like now, maybe you want to trade away, maybe you want to keep on your team. Maybe you're trying to acquire these guys because of poor performances. All types of things are going to be happening in this video. So I do hope that at any point, if you end up enjoying the video, that you please hit that subscribe button down below. It's free. I put out content every single day to help you guys win that 2020 fantasy football championship. So I'd really appreciate that. But without further ado, let's get into it. The first game of Sunday's slate that we are going to be talking about is the Miami Dolphins at the New England Patriots. The Patriots ended up winning the game 21 to 11 to my Miami Dolphins. Now, I would consider this game a pretty solid game out of the Dolphins. Now, obviously, they didn't end up winning the game, but towards the end of the game, they started to come back, and they started to play much better in the fourth quarter. I expect the Dolphins to look better as the weeks go on with uh, just playing much better, in my opinion. I think the New England Patriots did well as well. Cam Newton, first ever game as a New England Patriot in his debut, 15 of 19 passing for 155 yards, zero touchdowns, and zero INTs, but he did score two touchdowns in the rushing department, 15 carries for 75 yards, and two total touchdowns for Wham, Bam, Cam Newton. Pretty much what I expected. I didn't expect him to be some kind of top five quarterback on the week, but I figured he would finish quite well, and that is exactly what he did. I expect as the weeks go on, we see him put up even better performances against teams that are maybe not in their division because in-division games are normally much tougher for the Patriots, especially against the Miami Dolphins. So I think Cam Newton is going to be a solid quarterback for fantasy. Now, looking at the rest of the New England rushing game, it is really important to look at the carry total. 10 total carries for Mr. Sony Michelle for 37 yards. Sexy Rexy Burkhead, 7 for 32. J.J. Taylor, 4 for 28. James White, 5 for 22. Why I find this to be so important is it doesn't really seem like on a weekly basis we're going to know who is going to be the carry total leader in New England. I'm going to assume that is going to be Sony Michelle, but it was very evenly distributed throughout the running backs. Interestingly enough, like I said, James White 5 for 22 in the game. Seeing James White get five to six, maybe seven carries a game is going to really boost up his fantasy points. Now, he was banged up a lot during this game, which is interesting to note. He hobbled off the field a couple of times, ended up fine. There was nothing really on the injury report today. On Monday, that I've seen that would indicate James White is not going to play next week. So I think he should be much better next week. Three for 30 in the passing or the receiving game. Julian Edelman, five for 57 on seven targets. Uh, Nikhil Harry, six targets for five receptions and 39 yards. Now, while that isn't an excellent stat total, I think what that shows me is that the team is committed to getting the ball to both Julian Edelman as well as Nikhil Harry and that is what we love to hear. I talked up Nikhil Harry all offseason and the guy got targeted six times. I expect in games where they have to pass more he is a lot more involved so solid outing out of Nikhil Harry. Obviously not really fantasy relevant for the game but something good to know for the future. Julian Edelman put up the typical Julian Edelman stat line of like nine to ten fantasy football points which is just what you should expect out of him. Ryan Fitzmagic did not play all that great. 20 of 30 for 191 yards. Zero touchdowns and three INTs. If Fitzmagic did not throw three INTs, I think the Dolphins would have had a much better shot in this game and potentially won. Now, next week, the report is Fitzmagic is going to start again. So, take that as you will. He's definitely going to start again. I wanted Tua to come in the game. If I'm being completely honest with you, I think Tua could have beaten the Patriots. I really do. But at the end of the day, the Dolphins probably want to rest him, want to make sure he's 100% before we put his career at risk by putting him in. So that's okay with me. I guess Fitzmagic is going to be the starter for next Sunday up against the Bills. For the rushing game, this is very important to note here for the Miami Dolphins. Miles Gaskin, nine touches, breed of five. Uh, 
and 8 for Jordan Howard. Not very good. I honestly expected Jordan Howard to dominate, dominate the role. He goes 8 for 7 and 1 touchdown. Now, they could be because the Patriots defense, while not even the most talented defense, just always is going to play well under Bill Belichick due to him being an excellent coach. That could be it. But for now, I would be very nervous starting any of these running backs. I think Gaskin might be a trap on the waiver wire. He might be a guy that a lot of people talk up. Oh, add Miles Gaskin, Miles Gaskin this, Miles Gaskin that. And he never ends up doing anything. I have a feeling that that's going to be the situation for Mr. Gaskin. In Miami's receiving game, Devontae Parker with four receptions on four targets like he was at McDonald's foe. For foe, I mean at Wendy's. 47 yards for Mr. Devontae Parker. Preston Williams again. Just as I predicted, with Fitzmagic back, with Preston Williams back, dominates the target total. Seven targets for Mr. Preston Williams, leading the team for two receptions of 41 yards. If Fitzmagic had played better, probably would have got like five, six catches and would have obviously dominated Devontae Parker. So this is very good. If you don't own Preston Williams already, if he's on the waiver wire, make sure you pick him up. I'm going to be talking more in depth about him kind of in tomorrow's video. Uh, Mike Licky on my Gasicki on three for 30. For uh, the Dolphins with five targets, pretty good for Gasicki. Didn't expect a huge game out of him, though, against the New England Patriots. And then a bunch of running backs were also involved in the pass-catching game. Surprisingly, Matt Breida did not get a single pass catch in this game, which I kind of expected him to do. Overall, a pretty solid game out of Cam Newton is really what I got to it. And that the Miami rushing game is going to be quite confusing on the year. And that Preston Williams, it might just be Preston Williams' season yet again to start off the year. Next game up here, we got the same in-division game, AF. FC East, the New York football Jets up against the Buffalo Bills, and as you guys know, the Buffalo Bills absolutely rinsed the New York football Jets. Now, I know the score is 27-17, but it did not feel like that at all. It felt like the Bills kept stomping on the goddamn gas, and the Jets just couldn't do anything about it. Josh Allen fumbled the ball like two times, I believe. He fumbled the ball twice in this game, and it didn't seem to matter at all because the guy was just out there having fun, dancing over the Jets' grave, doing the take the L dance like he was in fucking Fortnite, straight on their ass. That's what he was doing. Josh Allen, 33 attempts, uh, 46 attempts, 33 completions, 312 yards, two touchdowns, zero INTs. Best game ever out of Josh Allen for yards-wise, most yards he's ever thrown. And then Josh Allen in the offseason saying, oh, I'm not going to run the ball as much, right? 14 carries for 57 yards and a touchdown. Three total tutties for Josh Allen on Sunday. I expect this to be the normal, the absolute normal for Josh Allen. This guy is a fucking beast. I talked him up all offseason, talked about how great Josh Allen is, talked about how much I loved him. Boom. He hits. Great game out of Josh Allen. Uh, for the rushing game for Buffalo, this is interesting to talk about. We see Devin Singletary get nine carries for 30 yards. Zach Moss, nine carries for for 11 yards. Now, the touchdown, who scored a touchdown, Devin Singletary or Zach Moss? The answer was Zach Moss, 3 for 16 and 1 touchdown in the receiving game. Mr. Singletary, 5 for 23 and no touchdowns. Now, what this tells me is that I was completely right on this assessment. I thought Devin Singletary and Zach Moss were going to split the touches, split the snaps, and that's exactly what happened. 9 carries for Singletary, 9 for Moss. That is a 50-50 split. So, if you drafted Devin Singletary early in the draft, which I said not to do, you should be very, very nervous. And if you drafted Zach Moss later, you should be very, very happy with what we saw on Sunday. And I think a couple of games from now, we may even see Zach Moss do a full-on takeover of the Buffalo Bills rushing game. For the receiving game, we saw Stephon Diggs' first ever game as a Buffalo Bill. 8 for 86 and no touchdowns. Excellent game out of Stephon Diggs. Jay Bizzle, John Brown, 6 for 70 and 1 touchdown. Turns out, John Brown and Stephon Diggs could be mutually on the same team and both play very good. 10 targets for Brown, 9 for Diggs. I love this. This is very good. 
John Brown scores a touchdown. Next week, it could be Stephon Diggs, but I do like this a lot. I think John Brown and Diggs are probably going to be weekly starters for me. Cole Beasley, still sneaky, seven for our seven targets, four receptions, 58 yards. Great game out of Beasley as well. Now, when it comes to the Jets, this just did not look good. Sam Darnold seemed like in the first three quarters of the game, the guy was fucking seeing ghosts again. Mono Man Sam, 21 of 35 for one touchdown and one INT. Pretty... Pretty standard from Sam Darnold. I mean, I didn't expect him to play all that well against the Bills defense. Frank Gore and Le'Veon Bell, six carries, six carries for each. Le'Veon Bell now injured. Reports out of camp that Adam Gaze is saying Le'Veon Bell might be out for a couple of weeks with that injury. So, doesn't mean pick up Frank Gore. It really doesn't. To me, it just means that this is just going to be a shit show for the New York Football Jets. For the receiving game of the New York Football Jets, Jamison Crowder, 7 for 115 and 1 touchdown on 13 targets with a long of 69. Very nice. So Jamison Crowder, huge game. That's what this guy does. He's just randomly going to do this every couple of weeks, make you want to put him in your lineup. Then the next week, he's going to absolutely disappear. And a few weeks later, he's going to be really good again. He typically plays really good against the Bills, but I honestly thought that the Bills' defense was just going to be able to stop him this time. The defense is better than it has been in the past, but for for some reason, they just couldn't stop him. Mono Man Sam was just throwing dimes his way. And Jameson Crowder put up a great game. Chris Herndon, 6 for 37 on seven targets. So Herndon, obviously not with the greatest game. I expected this, though, because I figured, hey, he's going to have a tough game up against the Buffalo Bills. That is a strong defense. Did get targeted heavily, though, and that is what we like to see. Le'Veon Bell, two for 32 and no touchdowns. I expect Le'Veon Bell, once he comes back, to be pretty involved in the receiving game of the Jets. Overall, this was a pretty boring game, if I'm going to be completely honest with you. Nothing super interesting happened, but it is important to note how good Allen did, as well as the split between Zach or uh, Zach Moss, as well as Devin Singletary. Next game up on the docket, we got the Baltimore Ravens going up against the Cleveland Browns. Baltimore wins 38 to 6. Baker Mayfield played as just about as good as you th- would think he would because he was playing up against the Ravens. The Ravens just have Baker Mayfield's number. 21 of 39, 189 yards, one touchdown, one INT. I didn't expect him to play all that great in this game, so nothing out of the ordinary for Baker Mayfield. I feel bad for Baker, to be honest with you. I really do. Now, he does talk a lot of shit. He does, and I respect it. I like when guys talk shit, but I don't like when they're talking shit and they're not doing anything for it, so that kind of hurts him. But the problem is here is that the team just isn't doing anything around him. He throws the ball, obviously, 10 fucking times to Odell Beckham Jr. Odell catches it three times for 22 yards. Are you kidding me, Odell? Man, like, I told you guys all offseason long, do not draft Odell. Do not fall into the trap. And it seems like everyone has Odell Beckham Jr. three for 22 told you you shouldn't have drafted him. You guys did, and you're probably very disappointed with that, so I'm going to go ahead and just move on from Odell, not really talk about him too much. Just going to tell you guys that I was right about him. I think next week they have an easy matchup. I believe they're playing the Bengals. Should easily be able to dominate the Bengals, and I'm not even sure that they are go- that Odell is going to be able to do that, if I'm being completely honest with you. Jarvis Landry, 5 for 61 in the game on 6 targets. Very expected. Jarvis Landry is a target sucker for the team. The guy gets a zillion targets every week. David Njoku, very involved. 3 receptions, 50 yards, and 1 total touchdown. Whereas Austin Hooper, the guy who should be starting, the guy that should be getting the more targets, 2 for 15 in the game. Very worrisome for Mr. Austin Hooper. In the pass-catching game, Kareem Hunt, 4 uh, receptions on for 9 yards. Chubb, 1 for 6. So good to see Chubb still getting some dump-offs for the team, considering a lot of people were Oh, with Kareem there, he may not even get...
get a single one, but I expect him to get around one to two targets every single game. In the rushing game, though, Kareem Hunt dominated 13 carries for 72 yards. No tutties. Kareem Hunt 10 for 60. No tutties. I expect Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb to play much better up against worse defenses. As the year goes on, the Ravens are a very tough defensive matchup for both of those guys. For the Baltimore Ravens, Lamar Jackson obviously slaps up the uh, the Cleveland Browns 20 of 25 in the pass catching or the passing game. Three tutties, zero INTs. He played so well that RG3 got to come in there one for one for nine total yards. Lamar Jackson, seven for 45 in the rushing game. Pretty normal for Lamar Jackson. Pretty typical. He didn't even run the ball that much because he didn't have to. Mark Ingram, 10 for 29. J.K. Dobbins, seven for 22 and two touchdowns. Mark Ingram is dead. He's dead. Put up the fucking gravestone for him. If I knew how to edit better, I'd edit a gravestone that said Mark Ingram is fucking dead. Here lies him, 2019 to 2020. Big trust. Woo, woo. Mark Ingram's dead. He's fucking dead. J.K. Dobbins is going to murder him. Two touchdowns for Dobbins on the goal line. They're giving it to Dobbins. They're not giving it to Ingram. Man, do not start Ingram anymore. This is very worrisome. Very worrisome to me. Completely. Um, Dobbins now, is he startable? I don't know. If you're in a deeper league, maybe... If not, I'd probably just wait to see it another week, but I'd probably hold both these guys on the bench, and if I was to start one, it would probably be Mr. Just Kidding Dobbins of the Baltimore Ravens. Interesting enough, J.K. Dobbins did not catch a single pass, considering he's known to be one of those running backs that is very good in the pass-catching game. I just thought that was interesting. Baltimore Ravens, uh, pass-catching or receiving game. Hollywood Brown dominates in this game. Mr. Hollywood, 5 for 101 on 6 targets. Excellent game from Hollywood. Willie Sneed, the guy who typically just randomly scores a touchdown every couple of games four for 64 and a tutty mark andrews dominates five for 58 and two total touchdowns i kind of expected mark andrews to go absolutely ham bony to pound town up against the cleveland browns he took a nice shit on their chest something that odell probably enjoyed if you guys have enjoyed just like odell enjoys getting shit on his chest make sure to hit that subscribe button it's free and i put out content every single day that's just like this we try to have a great time every day so that you guys can win that 2020 fantasy football championship so please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below next game to talk about here we got the jacksonville jaguars at the are the indianapolis colts at the jacksonville jaguars quite the disappointing game for the colts philip rivers plays very well in his first ever game as a um colt and the Jaguars end up winning because Minshew is simply just built different. 27-20, to 20, Jacksonville Duval. Gardner Minshew, 19 of 20 for three fucking tutties, 173 yards. I'm going to do the victory lap on Gardner Minshew. I told you guys all offseason long again. It's Gardner time. Gardner is great. Gardner is good. I feel great, I feel good, baby I'll dance as I should. I don't even think those are the lyrics to a song. I might have just made it up, but Gardner Minshew was balling out against the Colts. He said, old man Philip Rivers, you have 11 kids, but you're my fucking son because I just dominated your ass. 19 of 20, Gardner Minshew out there doing his best Mahomes impression. Gardner Minshew is simply electric. This guy doesn't take himself too seriously. He just goes out there every fucking Sunday, puts his heart out there on the field, and balls out. It's, it's honestly beautiful how good Gardner Minshew is. In the in the rushing game, Gardner Minshew 5 for 19. Amazing game out of Gardner Minshew. I expect him to do this on a weekly basis. He did this against the Colts, one of the harder defenses in the NFL. I believe he can put this up weekly in the NFL. James Robinson, interesting to note for the Jacksonville Jaguars, got every single rush a running back got in this game. 100% market share of the rushing, which is very, very good if you picked up James Robinson to be pretty confident in. 16 carries, 62 yards, zero touchdowns for James Robinson, as well as one for 28 in the pass-catching game. I'm sorry about Chris Thompson. He took a shit 
so badly on us. Four, uh, he had two targets, two catches, six yards. That's terrible. I expected him to be much more involved. He just wasn't. I'm not starting Chris Thompson. I'm probably not starting James Robinson either. But if I had to, I'd much rather start Robinson now, knowing this. LaVishka Chenault, two for 10 in the rushing game. Scores his first ever NFL touchdown in his first ever game. And the NFL great game out of LaVishka, three for 37 and one touchdown. Keelan Cole Sr., five for 47 and a touchdown. Baby Chark, do-do-do-do-do, baby Chark. Did not have an excellent game, but hey, he ended up scoring to redeem the game. Three for three, like a free throw. 25 yards and one total touchdown for baby Chark. Great game all around from the Jacksonville Jaguars. For the Colts, Phillip Rivers did do quite well in this game. 36 for 46, 363 total yards, one touchdown, and two INTs. The receivers simply just weren't bailing him out. T.Y. Hilton made some really costly drops in this game that eventually led to the L at the hands of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Naheem Hines, 7 carries, 28 yards, 1 touchdown. Heavily involved in this game. JT, 9 for 22. No touchdown, but JT very heavily involved in the pass-catching game. Jonathan Taylor, 6 for 67 on 6 targets. So pretty good game out of Jonathan Taylor for his first ever game. Now, reports are, sadly, Marlon Mack, he tore his Achilles out for the season. Out for the season. That is something you hate to see. Because I don't want Jonathan Taylor to have taken the job due to injury. It feels bad. I honestly feel bad for Marlon Mack. He's a great player. Uh, he deserves a spot on this team. So I hope he's back next year uh, for his sake. But now it's Jonathan Taylor time. It just is. Jonathan Taylor is going to dominate now. He is. Naheem Hines is going to be involved. So you can pick him up as well. Play him as like a flex. But it's going to be Jonathan Taylor season. He's going to be start getting a lot of the touches. He's going to start really dominating on this offense behind the best NFL offensive line in the league. So go ahead, start Jonathan Taylor now, and you could probably start Naheem Hines as well. Very sad, though, for Marlon Mack. In the pass-catching game, Perry Campbell. Paris Campbell, 6 for 71 on 9 targets. Jonathan Taylor, like I said, 6 for 67 on 6 targets. T.Y. Hilton, 4 for 53 on 9 targets. T.Y. Hilton just seems like a mess. It seems like that time missed last year really caught up to him. Now, I think T.Y. Hilton's a fine start until he ends up getting hurt because he's been getting hurt recently, but... Not a great showing from T.Y. Jackie Jack Doyle, 3 for 49 on four targets. I expected him to be a little bit more involved. Wasn't ending up being super involved. Naheem Hines, 8 for 45 and one touchdown in the pass-catching game. So an amazing game out of Naheem Hines. Now looking at the game as a whole, Gardner Minshew obviously plays great. We learned that JT is going to be the starter now. Jonathan Taylor is going to ball the fuck out. And Naheem Hines is a guy that you should keep. Uh, your glasses on and look through the waiver wire. Maybe pick him up if you need to start in a bigger type of flex league. Next game up to talk about here, we got the Washington football team going up against the uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. Philadelphia wins 17-27. to Now, if you are a Philadelphia Eagles fan, get your tissues ready because this was fucking embarrassing. Carson Wentz, 24 uh, for 42 for 270 yards, two tutties, two INTs. Unacceptable. The Washington defensive line was on Phila or was on fucking the Eagles' ass the whole time. Wentz got sacked eight total times. Eight total times. Eight times. All right. I know that sounds crazy, but eight times. The Washington defense, the front seven, is amazing. They had Carson Wentz on his ass all game long. Chase Young was devouring that offensive line for fucking breakfast, lunch, and dinner. He he erased them. He was flossing his teeth with Carson Wentz's sorry ass because he destroyed him. Great game out of the Washington defense. Dwayne Haskins, 
played pretty solid. 17 of 31 for one touchdown. You don't ask Dwayne Haskins to do too much. This is the scenario that Riverboat Ron is going to put them in. Don't make Haskins make mistakes. If Haskins doesn't make any mistakes, he will be able to win the game. And that's exactly what they did, starting off 1-0. Great game out of Haskins to be able to manage the game. Didn't do something excellent. Didn't play phenomenally. But he did what he needed to do for the team to win. Now, Terry McLaurin shit the bed. 5 for 61 on 7 targets. Now, that's not really shitting the bed because he didn't score like 4 points. But at the end of the day, that's not what we expected. I expect McLaurin to play much better as the games go on. Now, this rushing game for Washington is so confusing. I told you guys, be wary. Be scared. Week 1, we're not going to be able to tell what's going to happen. Don't play Antonio Gibson. Don't do this. Don't do that. Antonio Gibson, 9 carries for 36 yards. Peyton fucking Barber, 17 carries for 29 yards. I'm pretty sure... I could run for more yards per carry than that. 1.7 yards per carry, two total touchdowns. Peyton Barber dominates. He's eaten like Ezekiel Elliott. The fucking rushing attempts on this team. Riverboat Ron doesn't give a damn. He just doesn't. They list J.D. McKissick as the starter. J.D. McKissick gets three carries. Peyton Barber gets 17. Don't listen to the depth chart. Don't listen to anything. Just don't pick up Peyton Barber because I don't understand this. Just wait on Antonio Gibson if you have him. Wait a couple of weeks, then play him. Once he's more involved. But until then, I'm not starting any of these running backs. In the pass-catching game, Antonio Gibson, 2 for 8 on 2 targets. Uh, Terry McLaurin, like I said, a decent game. Steve Sims Jr., 3 for 50. No touchdowns. Logan Thomas, the tight end, 4 for 37 and 1 touchdown. He was the 1 touchdown in the pass-catching game. Overall, a great game out of the Washington football team. Do not overreact on Terry McLaurin. Don't shit yourself. He is going to be fine. He's probably a buy-low candidate considering he didn't really ball out all that much this game. Obviously, the Eagles lose Miles Sanders to start off the game. He's hurt. He's not going to play, right? And then Boston Scott, the thought is, holy shit, they're going to feed Boston Scott. They're going to devour. They're going to eat the Washington football team for breakfast, right? He didn't do that at all. Boston Scott, 9 for 35. In the pass catching game, 2 for 19. I mean, I really thought he would be involved. Just wasn't. I'm sorry about that. When Miles Sanders is healthy, you play him, and then you don't play anyone behind him. For the receiving game, Dallas Godert fucking destroyed the Washington football team. 8 for 101 and 1 touchdown. Zach Gertz also pretty involved, 3 on uh, three receptions on seven targets for 18 yards and one touchdown. Great game out of both tight ends. Kind of expected both tight ends to play quite well. Dallas Godert, obviously a great pickup. I told you to pick him up last week. If you didn't, he should still be available. A great pickup. Jalen Rager, one for 55 in his first ever game on four targets. Okay game out of Rager. Deshaun Jackson, two for 46. Um, just not what I expected. Seven targets. Didn't play all that well. Typically, he plays really good in revenge games. Just wasn't it for him. I'm sitting down all these receivers. The only guys I'm really trying to play on the Eagles until it really kind of figured out a couple weeks in is probably going to be either of the tight ends. Overall, a great game out of the Washington football team. And Eagles fans, I'm very sorry because that looked atrocious out of your team. So hopefully, the Philadelphia Eagles can figure it out. Next game up here, we got the Chicago Bears going up against the Detroit Lions. Chicago 27, Detroit 23, like Michael Jordan. Now, this score might be 23-27, to 27, but that's not what this game felt like. The Detroit Lions were shit-pumping the Chicago Bears until the final quarter. They scored 21 points to the Detroit Lions, 0 points in the fourth quarter. I just don't know what to say. I really don't. I mean, Trubisky played like shit. 20 for 36, 3 touchdowns, 0 INTs. That does not look like what Trubisky did. The first three quarters, I thought this guy was going to get pulled for 9-inch Nick Foles. They end up not doing it, and Trubisky ends up winning them the game to keep his job for likely the whole next couple of weeks. I just don't get it. I really don't get it. The Detroit Lions were running way too much in the fourth quarter, not trying to stomp 
on the throat of the Bears. Matthew Stafford didn't play all that great, almost 300 yards, one touchdown, one INT. Sure, he didn't play amazing, but he would have easily been able to beat the Bears if you let him throw the fucking ball, and they just didn't let him do it. Clearly, Kenny Galladay not being there was a huge influence on this team and really hurt Matthew Stafford. Marvin Jones, 4 for 55 on 8 targets. I kind of preached that he plays better with Kenny Galladay. I kind of bought into him being fine without Galladay. Just didn't play all that well. I think he plays much better next week with Galladay healthy. Now, huge applause for Adrian Peterson. 14 for 93. This guy is ageless. He's a fucking beast, okay? Plain and simple. This guy is going to be involved in the offense. It makes me not want to start a single running back on this team unless we're talking about DeAndre Swift, who should have had two touchdowns in the game but dropped the game winner wide open in the end zone. There's no one around him. The pressure must have just gotten to him. He, it was too big for the spotlight for Swift. He drops it. Could have easily won the game for the for the uh, the Lions. I think Swift might be fine to start a couple weeks from now. But right now, I'm not really trying to start any of these Lions. Running backs for the receiving game, Danny Amendola. Great game from him. Five for 81 on seven targets. Quinton Cyphus, rookie. Plays pretty well. Three target or three receptions on 43 yards and 10 targets. So this guy was dominating the target total. Interesting to note, maybe if you're in a dynasty league, if he's available, you may want to go ahead and mosey on in there and pick his ass up. DeAndre Swift, three for 15 on five targets. Obviously dropped the game-winning touchdown. Now, when talking about the Bears, David Montgomery, 13 for 64, no touchdowns. Didn't expect him to have all that great of a game coming off that injury. So, not too mad at that. 1 for 10 in the receiving game for David Montgomery. Cohen involved 7 for 41 in the pass-catching game. Cohen caught 2 balls for 6 yards. So, pretty much what you would expect. In the receiving game, Anthony Miller, one of my sleepers, one of the guys I love, taking a victory lap on him. Come on, got to take some shots for Anthony Miller. Pour some out. 4 for 76 and 1 fucking touchdown. Anthony Miller dominates, dominates in his first game of 2020. Excellent game from Anthony Miller. I told you guys to buy in on him, and it was correct. Allen Robinson, not going to take a victory lap on him. Didn't play all that great. Should have probably had a touchdown. 5 for 74 on 9 targets. So an okay game for Allen Robinson. I expect him to continue to get better as Mitchell Trubisky throws the ball better to him. He made one of the best catches in the NFL, uh, diving to catch the ball. It was excellent yesterday. Jimmy Graham ends up finding the end zone 3 for 25 and 1 touchdown. I do not expect that to be a weekly occurrence. I think Allen Robinson looks much better as the weeks go on. I expect Dave Montgomery to be better, and I expect Anthony Miller to continue to put up these great stat lines as the season goes on. So that's about all from the Lions game. I expect a huge bounce back from Matty Snapback next week, as long as Galladay is good. Next game here, we fly on down. We mosey on down to Minnesota for the Minnesota Vikings against the Green Bay Packers. And let me tell you, those cheeseheads, man, they fucked our ass up. Now, I don't think that was a good Minnesota accent, but the Packers, man, they were they were packing some heat on Sunday. 43-34. to 34. Now, the score might be close, but this was all Packers all game long. They were shit-pumping the Vikings. They were just in the rear-view mirror, just scoring touchdowns behind them. This shows me the Vikings' defense very shit, which I thought they were. But I just thought the Packers would run the ball a million times. Turns out Aaron Rodgers said, fuck that shit. I'm throwing the ball 7,000 times. 44 attempts, 32 completions for 364 yards. And not one, not two, not three, but four touchdowns. I was very wrong about Rodgers this week. I apologize on that. I feel like they're going to be much more run-heavy in the future. So say, keep that as you will. I think Rodgers is going to be an okay start every single week. I don't expect him to do this again. But obviously, Rodgers doing very good. Made Devontae Adams go 14 receptions on 17 targets for 156 yards and two total touchdowns. This guy was a target monster. Think about this real quick. Devontae Adams had 17 targets. Kurt Cousins threw the ball 25 times. 
Devontae Adams had almost as many targets as balls Kirk Cousins threw in the game. Kirk played pretty well as well, 259 for two touchdowns and one INT. Obviously, couldn't do as well as the Green Bay Packers and Rodgers, but hey, solid game out of him. Uh, Dalvin Cook, 12 for two touchdowns in the rushing game. Excellent game out of Mr. Dalvin Cook. One for negative two in the receiving game for him. Adam Thielen, six for 110 and two touchdowns. Adam Thielen went out there and balled the fuck out. I expected Adam Thielen to be a pretty good target hog in this game, and he was. Seems like a lock to be a start in your lineup every single week, even though you probably already knew that. Now, for the Green Bay rushing game, A.A. Ron Jones, 16 for 66 and one touchdown, as well as four for 10 in the passing game. Aaron Jones again dominating year in and year out. It doesn't matter if there's other guys on the team that could suck in the carries. It doesn't matter what Mr. Matt LaFleur says about, oh, it's going to be running back by committee. Oh, Aaron Jones isn't going to get every touch. What type of bullshit is that? I knew he was lying. I told you guys he was lying. Aaron Jones dominates yet again. The other running backs did not get all that much of a shot. MVS, you motherfucker. You motherfucker. Four for 96. MVS is going to be such a hot pickup. He's like uh, when you're on the hub and it says, oh, this girl wants to uh, meet up with you. There's no, some nice local MILFs in your area, like a hot pickup like that, you know? And then you pick it up, you go there, and it's a man. That's what's going to be happening if you pick up MVS because you are going to be disappointed. All of last year, MVS gets talked up, disappoints. Lazard actually did not disappoint last year and played well in this game as well. Four for 63 and one touchdown. Lazard, to me, would be the better pickup over Mr. MVS. Overall, a very good game. Very entertaining one to watch on TV. Obviously, the Vikings did have little chance in the game. The Packers did end up winning, so a solid game out of both sides, though. Uh, the Vikings did look pretty good in the end, so they are probably a team that you are going to be liking to watch all season long, even though they are probably going to be very run-heavy all season long. Next game here, we got the Atlanta Falcons against the Seattle Seahawks. The Atlanta Falcons lose 25-38 to in their own home field. This was let Russ cook season. Russell Wilson threw the ball 35 times, 31 completions for four touchdowns, zero INTs, and 322 yards. So a great game out of Russ. On the other side of the ball, Matt Ryan, just as expected. I told you guys, going to throw the ball the most in the league again. 37 for 54, 450 yards, two tutties, one INT. So a great game out of Mr. Matthew Ryan, even in a losing effort. Todd Gurley, 14 for 56 and one touchdown. Just what I expected, to be honest with you, on the goal line. They just jam him in there. 14 carries. What happened to 15 to 25 carries a game? What happened to that? Serious question. What happened to that? I don't know. Todd Gurley, not a guy I really bought into. Had a solid game, though. So not going to go ahead and tell you guys to bench him every week, but not a super high upside pick unless he finds himself in the end zone. For the receiving game for the Atlanta Falcons, Julio Jones, 9 for 157. No touchdowns. As expected, Julio Jones just never scores a fucking touchdown. Amazing game out of him. Calvin Ridley, 9 for 130 and two touchdowns. I loved Calvin Ridley coming into the season. I talked him up so much. Said, oh, Calvin Ridley's going to be great. And he does exactly what I expected to do. Dominates down the stretch last season after the other receiver, Mohamed Sanu, gets traded to the Patriots. Then Calvin Ridley starts dominating now. He's gone, Mohamed Sanu. It's Calvin Ridley season. But Hurst did disappoint. Three for 38 on five targets. Now Russell Gage dominates. Nine for 114 on 12 targets. Now, when um, Matt Ryan gets more accustomed throwing the ball to Hayden Hurst, when it, a couple weeks in, I think Hurst is going to dominate. I really do. I don't think Russell Gage sees 12 targets every single week, so I'm just going to buy into that. I'm not trading Hayden Hurst. I'm not dropping Hayden Hurst. I want Hayden Hurst on my team. I think he is going to be a dominant tight end this year, so don't buy out 
on Hayden Hurst too soon. Do not sell out. Do not think he's going to be garbage because I think he's going to be great on the year. Seattle, rushing game 3 for 29 for Russell Wilson. Carlos Hyde, 7 for 23 and a touchdown. Chris Carson, 6 for 21. But Carson did have a great game, 6 for 45 in the pass catch a game for 2 total tutties. For the receivers, DK Metcalf dropped a ball at the beginning of the game that should have been in his hands. But overall, recovered 4 for 95 and a touchdown. Lockett, 8 for 92. No touchdown, so a solid game out of Seattle. Overall, third leg, Greg Olson also found the end zone 4 for 21, or 4 for 24, and a touchdown. Not a guy I'm looking to pick up, but a guy, because Russell Wilson loves to throw the ball to the tight end in the red zone, could end up being a guy that you might want to quote-unquote start some weeks if you're in a super big pinch, but even then, I'm not really looking for him. So the Seattle Seahawks end up winning. Matt Ryan ends up losing, but hey, Matt Ryan still threw the ball a million times as suspected. Great game out of both teams. Really like both of these offenses for fantasy football this year. Next game, the Las Vegas Raiders at the Carolina Panthers. The Vegas Raiders end up defeating the Carolina Panthers in what a game would be quite a nail-biter between both squads. The Carolina Panthers, deep late in the game, end up coming back to a dime to Rob Anderson to cut the game close but in the end Derek Carr and the Raiders come home victorious just knocked my water bottle over but it's a-okay Derek Carr 22 for 30 one total touchdown zero INTs didn't have the excellent game that I thought he could have Teddy throws about 22 of 34 for 270 yards and one touchdown great game out of both quarterbacks or pretty good game out of both quarterbacks Obviously, both running backs demolished each other in this game. I told you, Jacobs McCaffrey locks this week to be great. Jacobs, 25 for 93 in the rushing game, three touchdowns. McCaffrey, 23 for 96 and two touchdowns. Both running backs dominate. Christian McCaffrey, three for 38 in the receiving game. Josh Jacobs was involved in the pass catching game. Six targets for four receptions and 46 yards. I told you guys, Josh Jacobs is going to be more involved in the pass catching game this year, and that is exactly what he was. Excellent game out of both rushers in this game. For the receiving game, though, it was kind of suspect for the uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. Henry Ruggs, 3 uh, for of 5 for 55 yards. Uh, Darren Waller, 6 for 45. No touchdowns. Very disappointing for him. Nelson Aguilar, the man with no hands. But it turns out when you go to Las Vegas, you can catch anything because Nelson Aguilar scored a fucking touchdown. He did it. He did it. Nelson Aguilar scored a touchdown, so a great game from him. Not even a great game, but, you know, okay game. Hunter Renfro, 2 for 21. Brian Edwards, I told you guys, don't buy in heavy on Brian Edwards. Don't start him. Don't do this. Don't do that. One for nine. One for nine. Told you guys. <laughs> Just wait a bit until you start starting these receivers. And I uh, guess that worked out well. Robbie Anderson, six for 115 and a touchdown. I, so I told someone not to play Robbie Anderson. I feel like a dumbass because apparently Teddy Bridgewater loves Robbie Anderson and hates DJ Moore. Not really because DJ Moore, nine targets, four receptions. 40, or 54 yards, so an okay game out of DJ Moore. I expect that to continue to go up. Not really too upset at DJ Moore. Don't think you should want to sell him or anything after that. Ian Thomas, not really involved. Two for 16, a guy that I like later in drafts as a tight end. Probably not a cut candidate yet. Probably a wait and see, considering I highly doubt you have to start him in your lineup. Again, if you guys have enjoyed this video thus far, we're probably like 35 minutes in. Please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below. Now, on to the saddest game of Sunday, the LA Chargers at the Cincinnati Bengals. If I'm going to be honest with you guys, this game made me sad to watch. Joe Burrow makes the perfect chance to fucking beat the Chargers, does all he could, puts the team on his goddamn back, Darren Sharper style, and the Bears, or not the Bears, the Bengals still end up losing 16-13 to because of a missed fucking field goal at the end of the game. You miss the field goal, Joe Burrow takes it overtime, you can win the game. 
you can win the game. But instead, they end up losing Joe Burrow, 23 of 36 for 193 yards, 1 INT. But he does rush in a touchdown, 8 for 46, and one total touchdown. So Joe Burrow plays just as we thought Joe Burrow would, I think, as he continues to grow as a rookie, going to get much better. And against a tougher defense, an excellent game for the rookie in his first ever game for Joe Burrow. Now, there are going to be people pissed off at me. There are going to be. I talked up Joe Mixon all offseason, and he did not perform week one. He just didn't perform. 19 for 69. Very nice. 3.6 average, okay? I understand that's not very good, but he got 19 carries, okay? 19 carries for Joe Mixon. Didn't end up getting a touchdown. Didn't end up doing this. Didn't end up doing that. But against a tough defense, that's good. What I wanted to see was his involvement continue to go up and him getting a lot of carries. What it's going to continue to do is the more carries you get, the more yards you're going to get, the more opportunity you're going to get, the higher chance it is that you score a touchdown. And in 2020, I think Mixon is going to get fed a lot more. I think he's going to play excellent. So I think that you should not worry about Joe Mixon after one game. Do not overreact. Do not buy into the hate on Joe Mixon. If anything, I'd probably trade for him. AJ Green, 5 for 51 in the game. Didn't end up breaking his leg. Huge round of applause for him for that. Nine targets. CJ Ujmanzada, 4 for 45. Tyler Boyd, terrible game. 4 of 5 for 33 yards. But hey, don't get pissed off at Tyler Boyd. This was a tough defensive matchup for him. I still thought he'd be fine as a start, considering reports out of camp where that Burrow was feeding him. Didn't really happen in this game, but I think as the season goes on, that will continue to happen. Tyrod Taylor, 16 for 30, 0 touchdowns, 0 INTs. Pretty typical Tyrod stat line. Austin Eckler, 19 for 84, no touchdowns. He's another guy that people are probably pissed off about. Don't be. Just don't be. Most carries the man has ever had in his NFL career. Doesn't score a touchdown. People are going to be like, oh, Joshua Kelly, 12 for 60 and one touchdown. Are you not mad? I'm not mad. I'm just not mad. I think as this year goes on, Eckler's going to get more pass catching work. Didn't catch a single ball last week. Didn't catch a single ball on Sunday. He's going to catch like five a fucking game. So don't worry. Don't be scared of Austin Eckler. Going to be much better. Joshua Kelly worthy of a pickup, though. Hunter Henry, 5 for 73 on eight targets. Mike Williams, 4 for 69 and nine targets. I didn't even know Mike Williams was going to play. He magically shows up out there and balls out. Mike Williams is a guy you could start on a weekly basis. Same thing goes with Keenan Allen, 4 for 37. Should be much better as the season goes on. Austin Eckler did catch one ball, though, for three yards. But I accept him to catch the ball like five or six times every single game. So nothing too uh, to really worry about about either running backs in this game next game we got the Arizona Cardinals slaying Jimmy Guap Jimmy GQ 24 to 20 in San Francisco in their own house the Super Bowl losers take another L two L's in a row for the 49ers coming from Mr. 5-6 Kyler Murray Kyler Murray moseys on into town 26 of 40 for one touchdown and one INT for 230 yards carries the ball for 13 times for 61 yards and one touchdown Excellent game from Mr. Kyler Murray. Really bought into him. Said he would have a fine game against the Niners. I think he's going to ball the fuck out every week now because he defeated the 49ers, one of the tougher defenses in the league. Imagine how he's going to do when he plays up against softer opponents. It's going to be, as one would say in Espanol, excelente. Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy G spot, 19 for 33, two touchdowns for 259 yards. Solid game out of Jimmy Guap. Raheem Mostert, 15 for 56. No touchdowns in the rushing game, but in the receiving game, this guy put a dagger early. Early in the game in the Cardinals' heart, but they ripped that shit out and shoved it straight into the jugular of Nick Bosa. Four receptions for 95 yards and one touchdown. Very involved in the game, but so was Jarek McKinnon. Three for 20 in the receiving game, one touchdown. In the rushing game, McKinnon, three for 24. Now, in the, the reports of the game was that Tevin Coleman wasn't going to play because he has sickle cell disease 
and apparently with the weather there, because it was like all fucked up from the fires, he can't play, gets four carries. Don't understand that at all, but okay. George Kittle, four for 44, ends up getting hurt during the game, comes back. Nothing too much to worry about about that. That's why he didn't have as good of a game as he could have had, because the Cardinals' defense is soft against tight ends, so he probably would have dominated had he not have gotten hurt. Kyler Murray and the uh, rushing offense of the Cardinals. Kenyon Drake, 16 for 60 and a touchdown. Didn't have an excellent game. Pretty solid game, though, out of Drake. DeAndre Hopkins sets the record for his own most receptions by DeAndre Hopkins, 14 for 151 and no touchdowns on 16 targets. He had more targets than the Houston football team had last week or on Thursday. That's crazy. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins dominates. Um, I guess my take was wrong. Maybe I thought he'd be slow with Kyler Murray. Turns out Kyler Murray didn't give a fuck, just fed him. Excellent game out of DeAndre Hopkins. Going to be a guy that it's going to be hard to compete to knock him off of like a top five spot on a weekly basis, considering he did it to one of the best defenses in the league. Next game, Tampa Bay Tom gets his debut against the New Orleans Saints, and by God, it looked beautiful at the beginning. But in the end, Drew Brees and the New Orleans Saints defeat the Buccaneers 34-23. to TB12, 23 of 36 for two touchdowns and two INTs. Rushed in a touchdown to rip off the game, three for nine. And one rushing touchdown for TB12. For the rushing game of Tampa Bay, something very important to note, Ronald Jones dominates the carry department, 17 for 66. No touchdowns, though. Leonard Fournette, 5 for 5. Like at Wendy's. I think that's at Wendy's as well. So, Ronald Jones, I mean, I don't know what to think, to be honest with you. I think you still start Rojo over Leonard Fournette. I would sit down Leonard Fournette until we are given reason to believe that you can start him. Chris Godwin, 6 for 79. No touchdowns. Uh, Gronk, two for 11, no touchdowns, very disappointing out of him. And then Mike Evans, one reception for two yards and one touchdown. Just wasn't the game for guys named Mike in this game. I mean, Mike Evans did come in hurt, didn't really expect him to do all that much. Was I guess he was just a decoy in the game. And then for New Orleans, the other guy named Mike, Mike Thomas, three for 17 and no touchdowns. The slant god was not able to flex after catching like 15 balls for on a three-yard slant every single fucking game, because that's what he does, plays like shit, now he's claiming he's hurt, he's gonna be fine, don't worry about Michael Thomas, you drafted him early, don't fucking fret, don't be mad, it was one game, fantasy football is a long season, there's 15 games left, or 12 games left of the regular season for fantasy, so make sure you win the next couple, don't buy too much off of hating on these guys week one, just do not get in your bag, get in your mind, and think, oh, this guy sucks ass, Michael Thomas is washed, Mike Evans is washed. Tom Brady sucks. Don't do that. Just don't do that. Taysom Hill, one for one for 38 yards. Drew Brees, 18 for 30, 160 odds, and two total touchdowns. Story of this game, actually, Latavius Murray was much more involved than I thought. 15 for 48, no touchdowns, though, for Lat. And then Alvin Kamara, 12 for 16 in the rushing game, but it didn't matter because Alvin Kamara went five for 51 and one tutty in the receiving game. Alvin Kamara, obviously very involved in that sense of the game. Since Michael Thomas wasn't all that involved, we saw Jared Cook go five for 80, very involved in that game as well. Emmanuel Sanders, three for 15 and a tutty in his inaugural game as a New Orleans Saint. Overall, not the game that I expected. Just wasn't. I thought this was going to be a back and forth affair, but hey, at the end of the day, the Saints win and Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will be back next week to dominate because I believe they're playing the Carolina Panthers and they are going to go nine inches deep straight into them like they were Nick Foles. Final game of the week, the Dallas Cowboys get defeated by the LA Rams. The Dallas Cowboys choke. Now there's going to be people complaining that are Cowboys fans. Nick! Don't you realize that that was not a pass interference? Well, you know what? I realized that the coaching in this game was so fucking dumb. So dumb. Mike McCarthy should have kicked a field goal. 
on fourth down when they're up there. I just don't understand. Don't complain about fucking penalties all the time. It's so annoying when you're saying, oh, we done boys, we're going to win every single game, and you don't win every single game because you get clapped by Sean McVay. Jared Goff goes balls deep, 20 for 31, 275 yards, one INT. Good game out of Jared Goff. Didn't need to score any touchdowns because they just ran it in. Malcolm Brown, 18 for 79 and two touchdowns. Very good, though, to see Cam Akers very involved, 14 for 39. Obviously not the outcome you expected out of this game. I thought Akers would be more involved. Turns out Malcolm Brown's going to be involved. Now, Malcolm Brown did the same thing last year the same thing to Todd Gurley people drafted him I mean they picked him up and he didn't do shit so I'd say you can pick him up but you're gonna stash him I would not start him week two Jared Goff four for 15 in the rushing game uh Robert Woods one for 14 in the rushing game for the receiving game Robert Woods dominates six for 105 no touchdowns uh Higby three for 40 cut four for 40 Vaughn Jefferson one for 31 Malcolm Brown three for 31 Brown very involved Inside of this game, for the Dallas Cowboys, Dakota Prescott, 25 for 39 for one touchdown. Zeke, 22 for 96 and one touchdown. And Zeke, 3 for 31 and one touchdown. In the receiving game, Zeke very heavily involved in this game. I expect the Cowboys to bounce back. Cooper, 10 for 81 on 14 targets. I didn't expect that. I really didn't. I didn't think Cooper would be all that good in this game because I thought uh, Ramsey would lock him down. Just turns out that didn't happen. Gallup, 3 for 50. CeeDee Lamb, 5 for 59. But Amari Cooper is every game he's going to be different. Some games he's going to be amazing against someone who's way better than him as a corner. Then other games, he's going to be completely shit. So you just never know. Blake Jarwin going to be gone for the season. Torn ACL or MCL, I believe. Very sad story for Blake Jarwin. Sorry to hear that for the Blake Jarwin truthers. So thank you guys all for watching this video. Let me know what you guys thought about the Sunday slate of games. I love each and every single one of you guys, and I'll see you motherfuckers later or tomorrow with yet another banger of a video. Have a great rest of your guys' day, and let's get ready for some football on Monday night.